So welcome, everybody. My name is Chloe Balatori. As some of you know, I'm a relationship and communication expert. I am a graduate of Princeton University and Pat Allen's Want Institute. Um, and I teach the tools of transactional analysis as created by Eric Byrne. I create, I teach the work that Pat Allen pioneered, which is called ASR or androgynous semantic realignment. And I also teach tools that I've come up with because I've been doing this work for 10 years. Um, this work saved my marriage a little over 10 years ago. Um, I've now been married 20 years. So when I saw how transformative it was, um, it was something that I really felt compelled to share with other people. Because the great thing about this work and these tools is that you will really see change in your life if that's what you're looking for. Traditional emotive therapy is great. You get a chance to unburden yourself. You often get reflected and heard and everybody needs that. But my frustration after a while with traditional emotive therapy was that nothing ever really changed in my life. I didn't get homework. I didn't excavate my patterns. Um, you know, everything just kind of continued on the same. And so when I found this work, it was really a game changer for me and for, oh, it has been for a lot of people. Um, I've written three books on this work. They are available on Amazon and I will put my credentials now in the chat if you guys um, want to look at that. That includes the link for my books, um, my Instagram, my website. I usually put up um, something on Instagram and TikTok every day, some original piece of content. Um, I also have a podcast and a YouTube, and I also teach this work several times a year um, and actually have the module one packages coming up that I'm about to do. Um, I want to start that up. So the link for that is in the chat as well. So if you like this work um, and you want to learn in a smaller group setting, of course, I also do privates. I work with men. I work with women. I work with couples a lot. Um, I work with teenagers. Um, but these modules are really unique in the sense that we get um, a small group of people. We learn more about the theories behind this work, and then we have a chance to directly apply it to our lives, and we learn from each other. So that's one of um, the benefits of signing up for the modules. And actually, Susan, you're here. Um, the three ladies from that you did module one and module two with all signed up for module three. So I wanted to know, I'm going to get that started going. So let me know or sign up for that if you are wanting to do that, because I think it will be fun and consistent to have, you know, the same group going from module one, two, and three. Um, okay. So what am I talking about? What is this work? When we talk about relationships, the most successful relationships are those that are balanced between feminine and masculine energy. And that includes the relationship that you have with yourself. And you'll, you probably have already noticed, you know, a lot of times when we're sick or we're mentally ill, these things are characterized by doctors as, you know, in chemical imbalance or um, an energetic imbalance. You often hear these terms, um, so balance is really key to living a successful life on earth in general, because we live in a universe of duality, right? We have night and day, we have yin and yang, we have masculine and feminine, we have pain and pleasure. Every catastrophe has a silver lining and every success has a downside too, has a shadow, right? And so navigating this duality is really one of the hallmarks of a successful life when you can when you can navigate the duality and a lot of spiritual tra traditions often talk about transcending the duality right mm -hmm. 
And that means when you know which side you are most, most behooves you to use in whichever moment to get in order to get what you want. So you need, everybody is masculine. Everybody is feminine. Okay. Um, we often become imbalanced within ourselves from childhood trauma and every childhood is somewhat traumatic. Okay. There are certain scenarios that cause more trauma and cause greater imbalance than others. But essentially, we learn coping mechanisms in childhood that we need to survive, to attach, um, to get food from the refrigerator, <laughs> to have our basic needs met. Um, and we think that these are existential truths. And then we take these coping strategies into our adult life and they don't work. And usually these coping strategies end up first and foremost in our most intimate relationships. So, you know, a lot of times people are like, I don't care about what happened to my childhood. It was fine. I just want to, you know, I just want to get in a relationship. I just want to date. Um, because these events happen in childhood between the years of zero to 12, there are so many critical developmental windows in that range that those events have a greater effect on us than things that happen later in life. And so it's not a matter really of getting over your childhood or ignoring your childhood um, or just, you know, hoping it, <laughs> hoping those things go away. Those things, often those coping mechanisms become welded onto our personalities, right? And so we, we're over-identified with some of these. And, you know, kind of as a society, we've seen um, in my generation and recent years is, you know, we have this whole generation of really, really capable, um, successful alpha women, right? And that's that's been a wonderful thing in the work world, but we've also seen, um, I work a lot with successful women who have trouble getting into relationships because everything has been focused on their achievement and their masculine side. Right. And so their feminine side and the world of feelings and their sensuality has been kind of neglected. And so this is what I mean when I talk about being out of balance. Now, I'm going to use the words feminine and masculine. I'm also going to use the words yin and yang. These are synonyms. Right. And this stuff is really um, timeless. Yin and yang is thousands of years old. We also know in biology, we have the right hemisphere and the left hemisphere of, of the brains, which the left hemisphere is the more yang side. It's the linear logical side. It's thinking, it's competitive, conquering, controlling, it's giving, nurturing, taking care of. It's the world of ideas. Most of us are in our masculine side when we're at work, like I said. Um, and then we have the right side of the brain, the right hemisphere, which is this world of feelings and sensuality, sexuality, receiving energy, passive, patient, vulnerable, spirituality, artistry, nonlinear thinking. Um, these are all the domain of the feminine energy or the right side of the brain, the yin energy. Um, and as I said before, we're all of us both. Alphas are people who have a strong feminine side and a strong masculine side. So that means that these two sides are often fighting. And so that's where these tools really come in handy because one of the results of childhood trauma is becoming egodystonic, or as I mentioned before, out of balance, which means that you're using your masculine side when you need to be using your feminine side and you're using your feminine side when you need to be using your masculine side in order to get what you want. And we've all been trained a certain way. We all have patterns, um, right? Nobody um, has really, a, I've never met anyone. Well, I've met a couple people who have had like healthy childhoods, but for the most part, um, a lot of us have scripting from childhood and habits that no longer serve us. And it takes a lot of repetition and a lot of awareness 
to change these habits because of something called the repetition compulsion, which compels us to repeat that which we don't understand. Um, so one of the things that I really help people a lot with is identifying the patterns they have that don't serve them and then changing them so that they can get what they want. Um, change in and of itself is a painful process. So even change for the better, right? Which we think will bring some kind of relief and it does. And ultimately, you know, change for the better is change for the better. But still the process of change can be a painful process. Um, and so, and that is something that I also help people navigate because pain is a sign either that change is taking place or that change needs to take place. And sometimes that can be confusing. Okay. So that's my background. That's a little bit of this theory. If it's your first time, don't worry if you didn't understand everything. Things will become more clear over time as we apply some of this theory to your guys' problems. That's what I think is so unique about this group is that we get to actually workshop these theories and the science, the biology, the psychology, the themes behind all this work and apply it to our lives so that we can get the most out of it. And that's actually in psychology in general, one of the least studied and the least practiced areas. There's a lot of focus on learning all the theories, not a lot of focus on applying them. Okay. So now I'm going to take your questions. And I also love to hear your updates, as you know. Okay. Hi, Wendy. Hi. How can I help you? Yeah, I was here last time. It was really great. And um, wanted to ask you about a pattern I have. Is that okay? Yes. Shoot. Okay. So um, I've had a pattern of basically dating feminine men. And like it worked the first time it ever happened when I was younger. It was a beautiful relationship but it really hasn't worked since. And um, they're kind of the mother I never had, right? The devoted, sweet, kind, um, you know, helps me emotionally regulate, et cetera. Um, but I'm not attracted to them, which makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I've been pushing myself to date stronger men, like more masculine men. Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes it's been really interesting. Like I realized, oh, wow, they're not as, sort of scary or even altogether as I had imagined, um, which has been interesting, but I'm still, so I haven't done a lot of this, but I've done some and I'm still really uncomfortable. I think I feel, um, just, it just doesn't feel, I don't feel like I can be myself. I feel like I'm a loser, like I'm not, um, yeah, I feel intimidated hmm. and yeah, so I'm a little quick background. I'm not for quite a while now. I've had a um, pretty severe chronic illness that has kind of inhibited me from even wanting to or, or even being able to have a relationship. So um, I'm not sure that I'm well enough to, which is a, kind of a whole part of the picture. Okay. And I've done tons of therapy, not so much focused on these relationships, just on healing, childhood. Uh, wounds but I think I probably still have more to do with sort of yeah. the feminine side of me that didn't get nurtured and it's been really hard for me to learn how to self-soothe myself because I have so many limitations with my illness okay okay let me I yeah. ha I have a few things to say so let me okay. stop you there um thank you for sharing first of all are you familiar with the work of Gabor Matei I am, um, not tons, but I've, you know, I've watched probably 10 of his videos. Yeah. I put that in the chat. Um, he just came out with a new book called the myth of normal and a lot of it deals with chronic illness. So I want to recommend that book to you first off. Okay. Yes. Because one of the things that he talks about a lot is, you know, just that the body, mind. the body mind is like one word, right? 
Right. Um, and so I found his work really helpful and insightful. So that's a good place to start um, since you already have a, an illness. Now, which thing is more important to you in your romantic relationships to get your feelings cherished or your thoughts respected? Everyone wants both. But when there's an awkward situation or a conflict, which is more important? Uh, feelings cherished or what's the other? Thoughts respected. Feelings cherished is the feminine. Thoughts respected is the masculine. Gosh, it feels like, yeah, both. I don't, I don't know. Right. How... Everybody wants both. Yeah. But if you're, and that's okay. But if you're in a conflict and you're going for both, then yeah. the other person has nowhere to go. Because you're taking all the thoughts and all the feelings. And that's an act of narcissism. <laughs> okay. Okay. Look, I understand it. And a lot of us who've had childhood trauma aren't real eager to be vulnerable in relationships, but we do, especially women, want to be taken care of and want to have our feelings cherished, right? You've already been saying that you've been veering away from feminine men. If you want to be with a masculine man, then you need to learn how to respect his thoughts so you can get your feelings cherished. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, is that what you want? Because you you just said it, it was. I just want to make sure. That now, it's, it's totally fine, by the way, if you want to be in the masculine, just because you're a woman doesn't mean you have to be feminine. You can, and you could even try it out with different people. But um, if you want to be in a masculine and you want your thoughts respected, then it's best if you pick one of the feminine men. Do you understand? Um, yeah. Because of that balance. We want that balance. Now, if you pick somebody and you guys are both kind of in the middle, then you have to just both be really mindful that if there's a conflict or an awkward situation, whoever starts with the thought, the other person has to respond with the feeling and vice versa. Oh, wow. That's kind of, uh, I feel like I need to learn more about that. I don't really imagine how that works exactly. Yeah, it's, um, it's, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, like the first time I heard it, you know, my husband, I learned this work, like I said, because my husband and I were not doing great. And so I remember the first workshop we went to with um, Dr. Pat and she was like, you know, who wants their thoughts respected? And we both raised our hand. Who wants their feelings cherished? We both raised our hand. We didn't really understand. She's like, I see you guys. We didn't really understand it until we started applying it to our lives. Yeah. Um, so you can't actually, you know, my first book goes into it a lot, but also we deal with it, which is how to live, find love and keep it. Um, that's kind of the guidebook and has all the basics in it. Yeah. Put it in here. Um, we also go really deep into that stuff in the module, but I'll, I'll, I will give you um, kind of the way that it works. If you want to be in the feminine, let's say, you know, and like I said, you can switch it off. Sometimes I have clients who aren't sure. And so they'll start, they'll be, they'll be in the feminine with one guy and they'll be in the masculine with another guy. And, you know, they'll see how it goes and which one they like more. Um, it sounds like, now I don't know what your childhood situation is. You already said your mom wasn't there for you. Right. I don't know what the situation was with your dad. I mean, we would get into that in more detail, but um, let's just start here. Okay. So are you flirting? Are you dating? What are you doing to meet men? Uh, mostly online. It's hard for me to get out into the world with my condition. So online is really the best way to, to do that. Okay. Um, are you able to go out at all? Yes. Under conditions that work for me, like, um, I tend to like, I'll meet in the park where I can lay down okay. on the grass, you know, things like okay. various things like that. Okay, good. Cause it's hard to really know if you like someone or not until you meet them in person. Of course. Yeah. Okay. And so I don't want you to stay too long on the apps, you know, two weeks max before meeting in person. Right. 
Um, okay. So if you want to be in the feminine energy, then what you're going to do is you are going to lead with your feelings and you, and make I statements, and then you're going to respect his thoughts. Okay. So a lot of people don't understand what that means. That means if he has an idea, you're going to praise it. If you're going, you know, if you need help, you're going to ask him. These are the, you know, this, these are ways to respect a man's thoughts. Um, if he, you know, has an idea, you're going to go along with it. If you can, if you can't, you're going to decline, but do it respectfully. No, I don't feel comfortable with that. Again, leading with your feelings. Okay. If there's a conflict and something happens that you don't like, again, you're leading with your feelings. I don't feel good about that. I felt confused. I felt upset. Or, you know, when he reaches out to you, oh, I'm happy that you reached out to me. So in general, it's doing things leading with your feelings uh-huh. and letting him do the control. It's okay for him to control as long as he cherishes your feelings. And it's okay for you to manipulate him as long as you respect his thoughts. Wow. What, what do you mean manipulate? Um, I mean, like... I feel cold. Can you bring me a blanket? (laughs) You know, even the act of putting makeup is kind of a manipulation. It just means that you are expressing your feelings with the hope that he will do something. Uh But you don't do it um, in a bullying or seductive way. Um, This is the work of Eric Byrne. There's basically three ways to communicate. Bullying with fear or intimidation, which is the masculine extreme. Seducing with tears or guilt, which is the feminine in the extreme. Or negotiating with love. And so that's what I teach, negotiating with love. So that means when you make your statement, I feel whatever, you then remember to inquire about his thoughts. And if you if you're in the masculine, if you make a thought statement, you know, I want to take you to dinner Friday night. How do you feel about me, my picking you up at seven o'clock? That's how you would cherish a woman's feelings. You know, you have your idea. How do you feel about it? You have your feeling. What do you think about it? So that's the basic thing. Do you have a specific question um, that you are that's coming up with some with anyone right now i mean i think if you if you yeah i i do actually too okay okay because i think if you work on some of these feminine things uh-huh. you start to shift your energy a little bit uh-huh okay um yeah the one was how do i quit feeling so intimidated and then the other was i was wondering sometimes i try to make it work with these feminine more feminine guys and i I think part of why I'm not attracted is because I'm rejecting sort of the feminine in myself and it kind of turns me off when I see, you know, right. cry right. Or, and I, I feel ashamed that I don't feel more accepting. That's very insightful of you to say that. Okay. So this is something I want you to do to start beefing up your feminine side. Cause this work is all about energy and changing your energy. And when you change your energy, that's when you really see results in your life. Cause it's like changing things at the mouth of the river and instead of, you know, and on the tributaries. Um, okay. So every day, take a piece of paper, divide it in half. This is called setting your alignment or your subconscious. Okay. And on the left side, you're going to put all the yang things that you have to do. So if it's a doctor's appointment, if it's going to work, if it's going to the grocery store, just the, the stuff that you have to do in a day, those are the yang things and try to be specific you know, if it's look for a job, you know, try to put times and, 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 and how much time you're going to spend. Um, and then on the right side of the page, you're going to put all the yin things that you're going to do. And these are things that you're doing just for pure pleasure. And to start out, I want you to do um, at least an hour of yin activity every day. Okay. So that could be staring out a window. That could be going on a hike in nature. That could be arranging flowers. My mentor, Pat Allen, she liked stripping wood. Um, 
I like, so I like to nap sometimes, um, get a massage, take a bath, um, even watch junky TV, you know, give yourself permission just to feel good for that time. And that in and of itself will start to build up your feminine energy side. And through that process, you'll become more aware of some of the messages that you're sending yourself. Because if you are a little masculine egotistonic, it's going to be a struggle to do some of these feminine things, you know, to receive, right? For a lot of us who were raised to be strong a lot, especially if you're the oldest girl child in the family, a lot of us women have been raised, um, you know, to achieve and to be understood and valued for our achievements. So any kind of rest or relaxation is almost seen as criminal and, and guilty and like something you can't afford, especially if you grew up in a traumatic household. Um, but we need to be able to, you know, sometimes you'll luck out and you'll meet a guy who will cherish your feelings and show you how to do it. But a lot of times we have to do that for ourselves first. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then start to just become aware of your feelings in certain situations, not necessarily in your work life, but in your personal life. So that really cherishing your feelings means that you identify the feeling that you have. And then you take an action based on it. So a lot of us women, strong women, especially have been raised to discount our feelings. Like, well, that doesn't matter. You have to do it anyway. Right. First step is becoming aware of the feeling. And then the second step is taking an action on the feeling. And that can take some time. So you have to be patient with yourself and be compassionate with yourself. Um, but that's when we really start to build that cherishing side of us and, and that receiving muscle, um, is when we can start doing that. And you, you'll be amazed at the changes you see simply from cherishing your own feelings. I mean, I've seen a lot of physical changes in people. We had a girl, the first group I was in with Dr. Pat, we had a girl who was extremely overweight um, and didn't work on anything specific to dieting in the group, but just through cherishing her feelings, lost like a hundred pounds. It was kind of incredible because it's not always, especially with weight, it's sometimes it's hormonal. It's not always what you eat. Um, okay. So that's the first question. Was there a second part to your question? Um, I, I think you've covered both of them really. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. You are so welcome. So try that, try, you know, becoming more aware of your feelings and then taking actions on, the, on those feelings. And even if you can't take an action yet, at least, well, oh, well, I couldn't take an action. At least just try to be, you know, bring the awareness. Okay. And let me know how it goes. I love to hear your guys' updates. Thank you. You're welcome. And you guys can, you know, reach out to me on Meetup. You can reach out to me on Instagram or through my website. Um, okay, Neil, are you here? Uh, he's not in the room right now. He's had questions for the last week. No, he's he's there. He's, he he's is? in the room. Yes. Okay. I'm not seeing him. He's got the photo. Oh, there he is. Okay. Okay, Neil. Thank you, Raul. Raul, thank you. Raul is co-hosting and he helps run the traffic and manage the room and make sure we don't have trolls. So thank you to Raul. Okay, Neil. Um, yep. Hi, how are you? Okay, so I've gotten a bunch yeah. of messages from you. Do you want me to answer your question about... Okay. Uh, My crush isn't interested in me. Okay. So are you drawing that conclusion because she told you she didn't want to talk to you on the phone, only text? Um, she didn't reply much. And that's what I'm thinking. Okay. Okay. So you're saying what are the best dating apps? Okay. Um, The most popular dating apps that my clients use are probably Match, Hinge, and Bumble. Uh, could you? Yeah. I'll, I'll put those in the chat. Okay.
Okay. And as you know, you can meet people anywhere. But if you want to use the apps, those are the apps that I've found um, most successful. Okay. And if you're going on those apps, try to, you know, not do too much talking on the app, but within, you know, a week, maximum two weeks, get off the app and meet in person. Okay. Okay. I'll try. Okay. Excellent. Okay. Um, you guys can ask questions also about whatever you've heard so far. Um, you can ask a question about, or just give me an update about dating situation, relationships. I work with a lot of couples. I work with a lot of singletons. Um, I also help people with family problems, um, family of origin issues, uh, work issues, communication, because these tools really help um, with people help people um, communicate directly, politely, really um, flushes the communication using these tools. Okay. I tend to trigger people and seek deep conversations, but I find people can't handle my curiosity. Okay. Here, where's Quartz? Hi, Quartz. Hi. Hi. So, okay. Are you saying that this is in, in your dating life that you're finding that what pushback on having deep conversations? Oops. Yeah. I can't unmute. <laughs> okay. Um, I can hear you. Okay. Yeah. I, you know, like on dating apps, usually I tend to chat for a while before I meet up with them. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, like for me, I, I don't want just like a meaningful conversations or meet. So I tend to just chat with people, get to know them, get comfortable, then meet. I'd rather meet a few quality people than just a bunch of random people. Absolutely. Um, but what I seek is just meaningful conversations. And I feel like sometimes I trigger them. And that's, you know. Um, and I understand not everyone's willing to open up, but I'm just curious if there's a better way of doing that without making them feel like I'm too much. Okay, well, how? how give me an example of, of a time that you triggered somebody. Uh, I mean, people, uh, like, for example, I would ask, like, questions like, oh, you know, what is the comfortable amount of time that's sufficient if you were to have a partner like how many days or hours a week would you dedicate to them something like that oh okay that doesn't seem like a real deep conversation I mean that seems like something that you need to know right but maybe you're coming up with that question prematurely okay so you heard me working with Wendy which do you want more? Do you want your feelings cherished or your thoughts respected? Are you I guess I would say feelings cherished. Feelings cherished. Okay. So when you're bringing, you really don't need to bring up um, those questions that you're bringing up in the like first meeting. Those are questions that are absolutely important and we need to have the, that information. But bring that up when you start to negotiate the relationship. And in general, if you're the person who is getting your feelings cherished, you're going to be listening and receiving on those initial dates, especially. And he's going to be asking you the questions. You're not going to be asking him the questions. Do you understand? So if you're yeah. going on dates and you're asking a lot of questions, I can definitely see where that is going to scare a, a masculine man away, or he's just not going to want to compete with you for the, for the control, for the masculine energy. Um, so at least on those first few dates, um, you know, listen to what he has to say. You will still learn a ton about him by listening. 
You don't always have to ask direct questions. And the more that you understand the dynamics of this work, it will give you an edge and you'll be able to see certain things that other people don't see. And that's what I really love about it. Cause then people are like, Jesus, you're a mind reader. It's just that I know these dynamics really well. And I've seen them play out hundreds, if not thousands of times. And so I understand how they work. And when you start to understand how they work, it just gives you a little bit of an edge. Um, and as everybody who knows me knows, I think it's okay to have that edge because it's for love. But if I do find out you're using that edge nefariously, I won't work with you no matter how much money you give me. So that's just my general statement on that. Okay. So does that make sense, Quartz? So you're saying don't ask too many questions? Yeah, especially um, not like in the very beginning. If you want a masculine person, whether it be a man or a woman, because this work works for homosexual relationships too, because you still need that balanced energy, um, to, you know, sit back, relax, receive, observe, let him ask the questions. You know, well, I meant like, you know, on online apps where we haven't met each other yet but i mean i don't want to meet people whose goals are not aligning with mine you know like for but example, isn't there somewhere to put in your profile that you're looking for a relationship yeah i did but some people <laughs> people still hit me up anyway and i still don't understand what they're looking for you know which is why i ask those questions like um well, yeah, I understand that, but I think, you know, there's only so much you can do. You got to, you know, put that stuff in your, in your profile. You're still, look, dating or duty dating, dating is a duty sometimes, right? Sometimes you just go out because it's better than staying at home. You just go out to practice these tools. You just go out to practice being feminine, even if you're not necessarily head over heels for the person. Because first of all, especially for women, it can take a few dates for the chemistry to build. Um, and second of all, it's good to practice being feminine on these dates, even if it doesn't work out, because then when you do like someone and you're nervous, you already have practiced being in the feminine energy. So, you know, I understand what you're saying, you know, obviously look at their profile, see if they say, you know, if they're lying, obviously that's a deal breaker and you get rid of them like right away. But I don't want you to scare people off asking them like first thing um, before you actually meet. Do you understand? Got it. So I have another question. You said not to stay on dates or talk to someone on app for more than two weeks. Why is that? Before meeting. Um, because people tend to develop relationships with people they've never met. And if it goes on for more than two weeks and you haven't met the person, you really don't know until you meet the person if you have chemistry and if you're interested. So, you know, and you're not in a relationship if you haven't actually met yet. I say that because I don't want people wasting their time talking to somebody and building a relationship with somebody when if you meet them the first 15 seconds, you're going to know whether or not you like them. So it just becomes delusional when you're talking and having a relationship with somebody that you've never met like over a month to, I've had people doing that for six months to a year and they've never met. So that's why, does that explain it? Yep. Thank you. Okay. You're welcome. So yeah, try that and let me know how it goes. Okay. I have this question. Speaking of feminine, who should pay for dates? Well, there's no should. But generally, the man or the person courting, the masculine energy pays for the date. They also plan the date. Okay. They don't say whatever you want. Okay. Aneran. Hi, Aneran. Is that, am I saying your name right? Aneran. Aneran. 
Yes. Welcome. Okay. How can I help you? So um, if I want my thoughts to be cherished, then... Thoughts respected. Thoughts respected. Mm -hmm. Then um, I should be doing most of the talking and not listening as much, are you saying? Yes. Look, you don't have to do that all the time, but when like you're making the first impression, these awkward situations, certainly in conflicts, it really helps to have that rubric set up um, so that there's not a power struggle. Got it. Okay. Thanks. You are welcome. That's it. Okay. Lee. Hi, Chloe. How you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? How can I, I help you? I've I've had a slight throat cold this week, um, allergy oh. cold. Otherwise, I'm fine. Okay, good. Um, I just had a couple of qu questions for you. Um, what does it? What does it mean when when a woman when when a woman plays hard to get? What what is that? About? <laughs> and what? Can you maybe cite an, how do you know they are playing hard to get? Um, I'd love to get your take on that. That's my first question. Okay. Well, first of all, I absolutely don't believe that works. And I don't recommend that anyone do that. Okay. Okay. That's Amy, it's playing a game and I don't believe in playing games. Mm -hmm. um, if you're interested in learning more about games, you can look at um, <clears throat> Eric Byrne. How do you know if someone's doing that? What are the telltale signs of hard to get? Um, okay, that's that's the that's the basic handbook of psychological game theory I put in the chat. Okay, so if somebody's playing hard to get, it's just, you know, a lot of women mistakenly think that this is what you do. And so sometimes you have to just get over that barrier, but sometimes you just have to walk away. You know, it really depends on the situation. Do you want to tell me what the deets are so I can advise you? Well, I can tell you what happened. I mean, I've, okay. I've been meeting people in real life. And uh, last week, it was a week ago tonight, I was out with friends and was introduced to another person at the, at the event. And there was like, it's so hard to explain, but at first I thought they were just being very rude because the, this person, they never looked at me, talked to me. They were just communicating to my two friends who are, they're a couple, two of my friends that are dating. And, uh, and I was trying to engage in a conversation with this person I had just met and they just completely blew me off and walked away. It was a very strange experience. Mm -hmm. And so my friend said, oh, she's, that's what's it's called playing hard to get. And I was like, I've, I've not experienced that at least not in a very, very long time. So, I mean, I wasn't trying to pick up on anybody. I was just talking to, you know, people just making new friends. And, and so I just wanted to see, you know, what, what does that mean? When someone's playing hard to get, what are some examples of that? How do you know they're doing well, that? Like they'll do things like, you know, things that are in that book, The Secrets. So they'll do things like, well, you didn't call me by Wednesday, so we're not going out for Saturday. It's like crap like that. You know, it's like, well, oh. you know. Um, Even in the first three minutes of meeting someone, though? I mean, is that? I mean, that seems like extreme and I mean, are you really interested in this woman? Because otherwise I would oh, say, forget well, it. I just, I just met this person. Just just met him. I mean, a week ago tonight. And so I, I'm not, I don't, I mean, I'm always open to me. I'm open like everyone else here. I want to, I'm open to meeting and connecting with someone. And, and I just, I found it, she kind of, to be kind of distant and cold when just in that initial introduction, I thought, wow, I, that was kind of cold. I mean, just to even just be as a friend, you know? So, so yeah. I didn't know if, is she, was this person, does that mean she, is that her way of saying she likes me? Did you, I mean, you know, that's, I can't, you know, I can't say that without knowing her and knowing the situation. Did you try to engage in her in conversation after that? Absolutely. 
Absolutely, I did. And just she and you know the tool. She did not, and she did not make eye contact. She while I was talk, trying to talk to her, she never made eye contact. She didn't talk, respond, and she then she walks away. And I thought, wow, what? I mean, it was just the most strange thing. Yeah, and, I would and just you know what she, that. So. And you know what she was talking about the whole time was about how she wants to meet a guy, and she was telling my friend, it, it's sort of awkward. Um, That's but anyway, so weird, but she should come to the meetup. Because <laughs> yeah. well, otherwise, I mean, I just think you're too advanced for someone like that, really. <laughs> you know? Well, sweet to say that. Uh, what, what do you think? Have you ever heard of this? This is the last question. Have you heard of this philosophy floating around out there called red pill awareness? Do you know about this? It's from the Matrix, right? Well, yes, it's from the Matrix originally, but it has its it's taken root in sort of in a dating certain the dating circles of I'm just have you are you familiar with what that means? The context of red pill? Kind of. OK, I just didn't want to elucidate it more. Well, there's a you're the female version of this guy that I follow. There's a guy named Rich Cooper. And he's all about red pill awareness. And, and you guys are, your philosophies are very similar. You take the more feminine, he takes the masculine role of this stuff. He's, he's, he's kind of extreme. I, I don't listen. I don't take everything he says to heart, but it's for guys. I mean, it's, I mean, it's very much like, you know, the guy should take the lead. The guy should set the date. He gets real concrete with stuff about it, you know, set some really good advice to keep, men on track and keep them from getting heartbroken and making the mistakes. And I just didn't know if you'd heard of it because his whole platform is red, is a red pill awareness platform. And I just was wondering if mm. you had heard of this, if, if you knew what that means and um, what you thought about it. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's too different. I mean, very similar, but I think his is probably more extreme. <laughs> Okay. A little more extreme yeah. than yours, but they're very similar. Right. Yeah. But the nuances, nuances matter. I don't, I don't really, I guess I don't really know that. I just, I just know red pill and blue pill from the matrix. The matrix. That's where it comes from. Okay. But it's more of a metaphor about making a choice to, uh, I don't want to say man up, but, but, um, he gets he gets real intense. The guy's you're welcome to look him up. His name is Rich Cooper. He wrote a book called The Unplugged Alpha. And you know, in his view, it's either alpha or beta. He's only recently discovered sigma male, which I believe I am as a sigma. Hmm. So he's he's all of, he's an alpha through and through. Alpha being the muscular, bald, macho, tough guy. Who's mm-hmm. got to, you know, make, he's got to make buck men are success, su- men are success objects and women are beautiful sex objects. And, mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, it's, that's his whole thing. Mm-hmm. And if you're, a, if you're a beta male, you're the passive nerdy, quiet type. And yeah, that's and, not really, I don't think that is consistent, but anyways, I don't want to talk about him. What's going on. Uh, with you? Yeah. Let's not talk about him. <laughs> I just, I just I forget him, forget him. Some of his stuff is, is pretty good for, but anyway, I guess that's it. I just wanted to see, how do you know when, if a woman's playing hard to get. Okay. And, you know. I mean, there's uh, hard and there's too hard. I would say that this woman, if you were trying to talk to her, she sounds like that, that that's just too hard. You know, you have other women who will give you more attention than that. Yeah. That's all my question was. I'll pass to the next person. Okay. Thanks, Chloe. Thank okay. you. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, you bet. Okay. Um, okay. So there's some comments about dating apps in the um, chat. And so I just want to weigh in on them a little bit. Actually, Lee, um, I know, has strong opinions about dating apps. But, you know, look, I think that they can be helpful. They were really great during COVID because... Um, you know, we couldn't meet as much in person and people were wearing masks and we couldn't see faces and all that. So we couldn't do the in-person flirting. Um, 
But now that we are kind of out of that phase, I really do recommend that if you're going to do in-person or apps that you do in-person, if you want to augment your um, in-person with the app, that's okay. But if you're just going to do one thing and you're just starting out and trying to meet people, uh, I really recommend in person because having that eye contact and sharing that smile with somebody in person does something to you. It re literally releases oxytocin in the brain. So you get something out of that. Even the most casual interactions, if they're in person, have a little bit more impact than if they're, you know, just virtual online. And sometimes when we just do the dating apps, we get very committed to our list um, and checking boxes. And that has, a, you know, a limited usefulness because many times we're not good at knowing what we want or what will be good for us. Um, but yet when we see somebody and we feel that spark, you know, we're willing to take a chance. So what do I recommend for flirting? Some of you guys know my five flirts homework. If you're single, these are the five flirts that I want you guys to do. Um, four of them are just flirting in the course of your day, whether you're at Starbucks or you're getting, you know, your food at the grocery store or you're walking your dog. If you see someone that interests you, you give five seconds of eye contact and smile at the same time, okay? If you're in the masculine energy and you, and you give five seconds of eye contact to a feminine energy person with a smile and they return the eye contact and the smile, that's your signal that they can, that you can approach. Okay. If you're the feminine energy person, your signal is for the masculine energy to approach is the five seconds of eye contact and the smile. Okay. But you still wait for the approach if you're in the feminine energy, but you give that signal because otherwise men don't know how to approach men. A lot of men are really worried about seeming like a creep. So this is this, the eye contact and the smile kind of gives you that permission. Um, one day a week, you're going to plant yourself somewhere where you like the look of the people, where you think you might meet somebody, whether it be a hotel bar, whether it be the Starbucks across the street from the fire station, whether it be a museum. I have clients who are learning to play golf, to meet partners, um, getting dogs to meet partners, um, so going to the dog park, but plant yourself, go alone, 45 minutes to an hour. Even if you, if you go with somebody separate when you get there, cause it's, it's actually harder to meet somebody when you're in a group, especially girls in a group, men don't like to approach girls in a group. Um, plant yourself somewhere where you can, you know, if someone sees you and they like you, you know, they can sit down or you can, you know, actually have a conversation. Um, do that one day a week. Okay. And you can experiment with different places, but if you find a place you like and you get a regular place, it's good because then people start to get comfortable with you and get to know you under a sort of low stress circumstances. It's kind of like when you get to know someone at work, it's why so many people date at work because they get to know somebody really well before the stress of setting up dates. Um, so try that. And that way you will meet people. Okay. Well, I understand what you're saying now that you can't approach girls in real life, but at some point, if you want a girlfriend, you're going to have to cross that bridge. So you might as well start now. Um, you know, and maybe it's just saying hello. Maybe it's, you know, if you want to be in the masculine energy, maybe it's opening a door for somebody. Maybe it's, um, we had somebody in here who was, uh, considering who saw someone they liked and, and was going to pay for laundry at the laundromat for them. So whatever it is, it doesn't have to be a huge investment, but if you like somebody, do something cherishing of their feelings and see how it goes. Look, rejection is part of the game for everybody. Nobody gets out without some level of rejection. Um, but rejection is, is almost always very impersonal because 
people reject you, they don't really even know you. You just have to understand that that's part of the game. If it is triggering, remember triggers are a hearkening back to a childhood wound. So that may be a good signal for you of something you need to address or explore or work with me on. Nobody does it alone. Okay. All this work is, is challenging. And that's why I'm, I'm, I'm here as a guide because, um, we need, and this is why I'm also building a community because we need each other and we need help. Um, but you know, at a certain level, you're going to have to, if, if you want to be a man in the relationship, you're going to have to make that approach. Um, and you're going to have to figure out a way in which you can do it. And sometimes it's just a matter of, of pushing through a moment. Okay. Or practice in front of the mirror, you know, or practice with women that, you know, you don't have that much at stake with not to mislead women, but just, you know, start practicing just sort of as a matter of course, cherishing women's feelings. And then it'll get easier when you see someone you like. Okay. Any final thoughts, Susan? Hi, Susan. Hi. Hi. How can I help you? Well, I'm still having the issue with the next door neighbor. And it okay. really has me, um, you know, I don't, it's, this, it's that thing where I don't want to be a doormat at the same time. You know, she's putting her bin on my property. Okay. So she's so, still putting the bin and you're moving. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. But you're not talking. No. Okay. Well, that's a plus. At least you're not talking, but the bin's still there. Did you go to the HOA? Yes. And what they haven't responded. So I don't know what they've done. I do know there was a development where a week ago she locked, locked it with a a chain thing to the beam in in the parking lot. And she locked it like onto my side. And it was loose, so I just moved it over to her side. Well, then right. she made it really tight so it wouldn't budge. And I was like, I don't care. I'm not, you know, I'm just going to just HOA ignore it? Because I thought, no, I told the HOA. I figured it's a fire hazard or whatever. Right. She can't, she can't, you can't lock anything to right. parking beams. And so today I see it's unlocked. So we're oh, back good. to the pushing it back and forth yeah she's you know this is it's in the masculine role that she's like being forceful right she's bullying you she's being a bully and um i don't know how to deal with her well you're doing just fine you're not dealing with her at all you're just moving the stuff when it's in your way that's all you have to do yeah, that's all I am. I'm not doing it like every time because just when it's in my way and I don't care that she comes, she hears me go in the door, she comes right out and moves it back. I don't care because then I'm in my house. Right. And I don't Enjoy yourself. In that negative energy. Right. Let her yeah. have at it. Let her be crazy about it. I do understand it's triggering you, but I think you're all, I can already tell you're in a better state than you were last time we talked about it. Yes. So you yes. are desensitizing to it a bit. Uh-huh. When you are triggered, so. if you can take that opportunity to talk back to whatever it is, like you don't deserve to have your own space or whatever it is, you know, just bring some awareness to that and just, you know, disregard that thought because it's, oh yeah, well, that doesn't matter because I have a right to my own space or, you know, or just let mm-hmm. it flow through, but don't react to it because this is actually, she's helping you because she's really desensitizing you and you're getting practice God. standing up to your, for yourself. Okay, thanks. You really helped me see that differently. Yeah, no, you're doing really well. You've made a lot of progress on it already. So yeah, you you know, there's nothing really else to do. You know, you told the HOP, you won that one. You won that one. You know, good. Excellent work. Do you have time for one more little thing? Um, Um, I do. Yes. Quick question. I was just uh, that's a question. I, it might be a little bit because it was, I was at work and we had, I work at a law firm and we had a, um, opposing attorney and deposition, all that. And the, 
head attorney for the opposition was, I was very attracted to him. And is he, I don't know if it was me or, you know, if it's his thing or he just, from the time I met him, he just looked at me and had that look. And um, so definitely, you know, had had me feeling interested. Which yeah, I have, which and I excited to go to work. <laughs> exactly. I was dressing up every day. Yeah. And um, this morning we had a little, I decided, you know, Chloe would say this is fine. So we had a little, I thought if the opportunity presents itself, I'm going to learn a little bit. Mm-hmm. Good. And lawyers are good at, you know, the verbal, right? Yeah. Anyway. So um, it was over his credit card because he was going to pay for for the office's lunch. And so we had this little flirt thing over the credit card and um, it was fun and we both Yay. enjoyed it. And, and I knew though I had to be careful because there was a room full of attorneys and most of them I think were pretty engaged with their discussions, but I also knew I had to be retained professional in some because of my coworkers in there. Right, right. So. But I felt like it was okay. And, and yeah. it wasn't anything. And I noticed, and I didn't know um, if he had a ring. Oh, and yeah. Today, you got to check for that. Yeah. Well, today I saw it. So I'm like, okay, there goes that. That's fine. <laughs> but, I mean, you still got your flirt on your practice. You know, now you know. Yeah. Now you- yeah. Practice was fun. So it makes me feel like, okay, I can do that with somebody else. Yeah. Okay, good. That comes along. Yeah. Yes. Good work. Okay. I just want to answer this question in the chat before I close up. What do you suggest for setting and enforcing boundaries and standards while in your feminine energy? I can be quite forward and like it for efficiency, time saving and clarity. Yes. Okay. So Judith, are you here? Yes. Good. So women own the word no. So simply saying no is okay. Um, But for feminine energy people, what it, what I really like is saying, you know, I don't feel comfortable leading with feelings. I don't feel good about that. I feel confused. That's where you set the boundary. So somebody, you know, for example, I want to, I want to make love to you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I'm very flattered. I want to as well, but I don't feel comfortable making love with someone I just met or without a relation, without a commitment or whatever it is. Right. Um, I was here. I'll give you another example. I was having a situation at a public pool for a while where um, every time I was swimming, oftentimes a man would come into the lane and he would rub up against my body. And then that would be like, Oh, sorry, that was an accident. And it wasn't like it was the same man, but there was like a certain pattern that was happening. It was definitely happening frequently. And I talked to the people at the pool and they didn't care and they weren't going to do anything. And sometimes it was really disgusting and I didn't like it. Um, So I came up with this phrase and it is working so well, which is if a man comes, tries to come into my lane, I'm already there. I mean, sometimes there's nothing you can do because it is a public pool. And so if that's the only lane, then you have to take it. But if it isn't, I say, hey, I don't really feel comfortable swimming with men. What do you think about joining another lane? Okay. So um, here I'll unmute you, Judith. And that actually works really well. Okay. Oh, can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Hello. Okay. Yes. Did you see the um the follow up question? Where how um, do you communicate the, without oh, him opening him feeling? What do you mean? How do if you it, um like 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 I'm very I'm very comfortable saying you know hey I'm not comfortable with that whether it's the workplace or um personal. Right. But um, so it's that scenario exactly where it's, you know, I don't, I don't really know you. I would like to get to know you more um, before going down that avenue. Um, how, like what's a, a better way to phrase it? Because I'm, again, like I said, I'm very direct. So oh, for intercourse, you mean? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, so like, this know, is like the way you're saying, okay. Out, 
you know, so we I met on a golf course. And, yeah. So. <laughs> okay. So I don't recommend that you have intercourse, especially women without being in a committed relationship. Now, obviously you can do whatever you want, but the reason yeah. that I say that is because women especially tend to bond from intercourse, oral, anal, or vaginal. Um, yeah. And then you can be bonded to someone even, you know, isn't good for you, but you're bonded. Right. right? Yeah. And so that, you know, that becomes a problem. You also kind of stop learning about the other person once you have intercourse. Yeah. Excitement of the intercourse is so great. So the thing that um, works really well, the thing that I tell my clients to do, and often you'll get a commitment in the moment is you wait for that moment. That moment happens. Okay. I'm really attracted to you. I want this too. God, this is hard, but I know myself and I know I won't feel good afterward about having intercourse mm. without a commitment right like and then that. a lot of times okay. they'll be like okay well what do you want you be my girlfriend <laughs> and you'll get the commitment right there sometimes you know but you basically you know you you don't make him an asshole for wanting to have sex you know or right of course i mean you can still fool around you know but just penetration that's what tends to trigger the oxytocin sometimes you can get away with it and you won't get bonded but really more often than not you will and so it's just a game and then it's like up to two years of detox from that and if you if you get bonded right. to someone you don't like i mean we uh, probably every woman in here has had that experience and it's just <laughs> such a drag right so yeah. um it usually works really well because you give the compliment and then they they know where you stand you know so try that one. Hmm. Okay. Thank you. You that are welcome. <laughs> okay. I'm going to wrap it up now. I'm going to put in the chat one more time my um, information so that if you guys do want to book a private or want to just reach out to me during the week before the next meetup, you can. Um and, you know, as I, you're welcome. And as I said before, I, you know, I work with men, women, couples, teenagers, I do privates, I teach these module packages, which are a really good deal and a way to get in um, and learn a lot um, in a group, in a smaller group setting. And it's a little, all the sessions are a little longer. That's like a four week commitment. Um, and then, yeah, I have a number of resources. I have the books, the podcast, so you guys can um, enjoy that. And if I don't hear from you, I will see you next week. Bye.